Well, good morning, y'all. We're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, my name is Hannah. For those of y'all that don't know me, I am one of the members of the pastoral cohort this year for Denton. And for you, those of y'all who don't know what the pastoral cohort is, it's like a group of members from each family of the churches. And we're learning a lot about like um, personal character skills, uh, weaknesses, um, adult ministry, vocational ministry, and they're just like really equipping us to be like formal members of the churches. So it's pretty fun. It's pretty great. But yeah, so of us, it's me, it's Mia, Manny, and Ryan Plache. So yeah, you guys can wave. <laughs> but yeah, um, so we just have like a couple of announcements before we get started. Um, the first one is we have the meditation lab starting tomorrow. So um, if you haven't signed up yet, go do that. It's in the on the Facebook page. We have a link. Um, it's like there's a video so you can see it pretty easy. But um, we'll send you guys an email. You'll get articles. You'll get verses. And we'll help lead you guys through it. So if you want to learn more about how to meditate um, in Jesus, then <laughs> sign up for that. And then uh, we have small groups starting this week. Woo! So um, yeah, if you guys want to sign up for a small group, it's um, almost about to start. So we have a list of like leaders. It's on the Facebook page. So yeah, just let us know what day um, you're available. And then I think that's it for me. Leslie uh, has something else to announce for next week. Okay, so next week we will be meeting in person not on Zoom, in person, next week at 9.30. We're going to meet at the GDAC in the parking lot, of Greater Denton Arts Council in the parking lot, and we need you to be there at 9.20. Be there at 9.20 so we can start at 9.30. And we're doing that so that we can hit the cooler time of the day since we're going to be outside. Um, and it looks like it's going to be super nice. So next week should be great. What we need you to bring, we need you to bring either chairs or a blanket to sit on. And if you haven't seen all the posts, you can get chairs at, I believe it was Academy for five or six bucks. Um, if you want to get a chair, um, if you just want to bring a blanket and throw out, that's fine too. You'll want to bring something to drink, a Yeti of water or your own coffee or whatever it is you want to drink um, while you're out there. And then you'll need a mask. So we're going to encourage everyone to wear masks even outside, but we're not going to like make that mandatory. But if you need to go inside the Greater Denton Arts Council, um, it'll be open for us to use the restrooms you must wear a mask to go inside. So you'll want to make sure that you have a mask with you. And then um, I would just say be respectful of people's space. Um, while you may be more comfortable being close to other people, they may not be more comfortable being close to you. So let's greet each other from a six foot distance, um, but definitely greet each other, talk, and just maintain that, that space. And then be patient. We're going to have kinks in this. Um, we've already got a few things um, that have come up that we, I don't have answers to this morning. Like, I don't know for sure if we're doing something online as well as in person. But if you'll watch this week, you'll see announcements. 
Um, and so just watch for, for last minute details, um, be patient and we'll get all the kinks worked out. Well, as many of them as we normally have worked out anyway. Um, and yeah, and be there next Sunday at 920 so we can start at 930. Super excited. Cannot wait to see you in person. Um, and then it's never too late to sign up for a small group. So if you saw the small groups posted this week and you're like, oh no, I forgot to sign up. That's fine. Just let me or Brad know and we'll add you to a group. And that's true anytime throughout the year. So if you meet, let's say a neighbor and you want to invite them to your small group, that's fine. Just bring them with you. Like that's not a big deal. And the only reason that we're assigning small groups is so that as we start, we get a good mix of people in every group. So like we kind of have balanced guys and girls and marrieds and singles and different things like that to make those groups diverse um, and interesting and um, give us a chance to get to know different people each year and not be in groups with the same people over and over again. But that's never meant to exclude anybody from a group. So feel comfortable jumping in at any time, feel comfortable asking people to join you at any time. We encourage that, we want that, and we're looking forward to another great year of small groups. If you have any questions, if you've missed out on the announcements and you have no clue what I'm talking about or no idea what small groups are like, and just feel free to call me, text me, or Brad or any of our leaders, and we'll be happy to answer your questions about that. And then I would just really encourage you this morning to give your full attention to our cohorts. Um, I am so excited that we have four people from Denton North doing that this year. It's so helpful um, to Brad and I. It's so helpful to our church to have some people that are interested in uh, becoming better leaders and that really are able to take some time to think through the good of our church and what things would be beneficial and what we're lacking and what we're doing well. And um, just having an extra set of people to really think through those things with us is super helpful. And I appreciate all the time um, and energy that they put into that. It's, um, it's a great service to our body and to the kingdom. And so I'm excited by what they have to share with you this morning. And we're glad that y'all are doing that. Thanks guys. Hey y'all, so I think I'm up now. My name is Ryan and I'm part of the cohort and uh, this morning I drew the sermon straw. So I'll be um, sharing some about our mission and vision, kind of continuing that series. I'm going to pray first and then we'll get going. God, we know that you are good despite everything that's happening this year and we know that you have the ability to work good in all these situations, even if it's not clear to us how that can happen. I ask that you, um, you speak truth to us today. You encourage us, you challenge us, you help us to see how we can better follow you and serve you throughout this year. Amen. So this morning we're going to be kind of taking our mission and vision and thinking of it in light of 2020, kind of the big things that are happening this year, thinking about how do these affect um, our mission and vision. So the, the big things we're going to be holding in our mind, um, 
global coronavirus pandemic, heightened awareness of racial injustice and police brutality, and then the presidential election. So all really big things happening in our world. The intent this morning is to consider practical challenges, questions, and reminders. The call to make mature disciples is applicable to all times and all places. But sometimes it's not obvious how that fits within our circumstances. It may not even be clear that our circumstances have clouded that calling. So the day-to-day the -day of our lives, these big things that are happening, these should send us back to God with questions and with areas that we need to grow in. Then as we take those things to God and learn from him and learn from our community, we ought to take what we've learned and bring it back to the world and back to how we respond to these things. So the goal today is to raise awareness through two big questions. How have these events affected the way we live out our mission as the people of God? And then how should our mission as the people of God affect the way that we respond to these events and their fallout? The goal this morning is not so much to provide neat solutions or easy answers. It's more to ask these challenging questions to raise our awareness. So if you feel challenged this morning by something that's said or a question that's brought up, then I would encourage you to take those things that are challenging you and bring them to your time with God, bring them to the time that you spend in scripture and bring them to your friends or your small group. Practice talking these things out in community and together search for the answers. Of course, you can always talk to Brad or Leslie or um, one of our leaders at our church or focus staff member or whoever, if you have some question and you're not sure how to deal with it. And then if at some point this morning I say something that's like completely wrong or weird or you have some question about it, please come and talk to me and help me understand um, what I might have gotten wrong. Help me learn because I'm not perfect and there's definitely a good chance that I'll say something wrong or offensive. So help me understand that and correct me. So we're going to talk through three kind of big questions. Um, then we're actually going to break up into small groups and reflect on those questions. And then we're going to come back all together and share our responses. Those could be personal confessions of how we're challenged or um, challenges for the church or even um, encouragement for the church. So let's get started. First big question to consider, how distracted are we? In a normal year, very easy to get distracted and overwhelmed by all the things that come up day to day. This year, it seems like distraction is just our default state. There's constantly another update on the coronavirus. There's seems like constantly um, something new, some new um, act of racial injustice that has just happened or that we're learning about in the past that we didn't know happened. And of course, there's always another message from some political candidate in the race to the White House. So all these things are bearing down on us and 
that's in addition to like all the normal stuff we deal with day to day, just like being a human and stuff, you know? So these things are all really important. They involve real people and they have effects on real people's lives. I believe our God is really concerned about that and we should be concerned about that as well. But we need to consider whether we're overly distracted by these things, whether we have lost our perspective on them. I'm going to read a quote by C.S. Lewis from the wonderful Screwtape Letters. Screwtape writes, about the general connection between Christianity and politics, our position is more delicate. Certainly, we do not want men to allow their Christianity to flow over into their political life. For the establishment of anything like a really just society would be a major disaster. On the other hand, we do want, and want very much, to make men treat Christianity as a means, preferably, of course, as a means to their own advancement, but failing that a means to anything, even to social justice. So I believe following Jesus compels us to engage in these events, these issues, but we have to sort out our priorities to make sure that Jesus isn't just a means or a fuel for our passionate pursuits. Our calling is to seek first the kingdom of God and the work God is doing to bring that here. Like Jesus, we look to see where God is working and join him. So I'm gonna present some questions that are rhetorical questions just to think about and uh, to use as a way to gauge um, levels of distraction. So, is the coronavirus causing me to focus entirely on my health and my safety to the point that I'm ignoring the other emotional and spiritual needs of my neighbors, my community, and my society? Is my passion for political policies or racial and social justice so loud that I can't imagine listening to or showing love or mercy to those on the other side? Do I devote so much time to researching political or racial issues that it's, it's all I can think about and therefore I'm just completely consumed with the state of things? Am I stuck looking forward to what comes when things return to normal instead of being aware of and engaging the actual reality that we are living in today? And then kind of the underlying question of all of these, am I so overwhelmed or distracted with all the different things happening that I've lost touch of God and with my community? Are these things so loud in my mind that they become the top priority for me? It's no longer God that's fueling my, that's fueling my life, but it's my passion for these things. And God is just kind of on the side and, these things are more important to deal with. So I would just leave you with the encouragement from Paul in Romans, do not become over, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. As we deal with these things, as we read the news, as we let these things in our mind, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So the second question that we're gonna consider is 
how are we responding to the frailty of humanity? We are living in a time of heightened awareness, the frailty of human life. As we've seen how the different protections of our society and culture and government fall short, even how fragile our own mental, emotional, and physical health can be. With the coronavirus, obviously we are seeing people's fragility as they catch this virus and just breaks down people that otherwise would be really strong. But also in our isolation and lockdowns, I think a lot of us are realizing just how mentally and emotionally frail we are, how easily affected we are by such a change in our circumstances. When it comes to racial injustice and kind of the heightened awareness of that, there is obviously a lot of anguish as we see um, the reality of what's happening. And then I think a lot of us are learning just how difficult it is to talk about these things and how easily upset and offended we get when we realize that maybe we had a wrong position and we have to learn how to correct it. That, you know, shows us a lot of our own weaknesses. And then thinking about the election, you know, we hear from both sides that if the other guy wins, America is doomed. So I think the only thing that's certain here is that we are doomed no matter what. Our society must be like so fragile that no matter who wins the election, it's gonna be bad. So thinking about all these things, I suspect that we, we are getting a glimpse of what it looks like for a lot of people around the world to live in, to live, and even what it was like for people in the New Testament to live. There's this uncertainty that's all around us about the future, um, about our own health, about our society, and there's a real longing for answers and hope, like something substantial that we can hold on to as so many bad things are happening, so many mixed messages are sent across. So how should we respond to this uncertainty or this frailty of humanity that we're seeing? I'm gonna give two responses that I think we should be aware of and avoid, and then two that I think we should lean into. So the first one to be aware of and to avoid is responding by living in fear. So we've seen how fragile our health is, how easily we get hurt if we go into conversations or if we read or become aware of things. So we choose to protect ourselves. We choose to preserve our health. Um, we are told, we are taught, the Spirit of God is not here to make us faith fearful. It's here to give us power and love. So to live in the fear of reality is to deny the work that the spirit intends to do through us. Second way of responding that we should be aware of and avoid is that we take this knowledge and this fear and this uncertainty, and we just kind of like put it somewhere else, like in a back closet, and we shut the door and lock it. And we choose to live as if it isn't there. We choose to ignore it. So we kind of numb ourselves to the reality that we live in and the reality that others live in. We are taught that the Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. How can we help him with that work? If we are choosing to 
ignore the brokenness and the uncertainty that other people live in and that we live in. One of the highest callings that we have as a Christian is to love others and to choose to live in ignorance of the pain in our world means that we cannot love others well in the pain that they're going through. So two responses that I would suggest we should lean into, two ways to respond. The first one is that we have the chance to really empathize and enter into the pain of those around us. So this is like literally what Jesus did when he became human. He came to our earth full of pain and uncertainty, and he entered into that as a human and then with people in their stories. If you read um, the story of Lazarus, whenever Jesus came and Lazarus was dead and in the tomb and he saw how upset Lazarus's family was, Jesus was distressed and broken with them. He entered into that pain with them. We have a chance now to enter into the pain that our world is experiencing and that our neighbors are experiencing. So the, the second response I would suggest we lean into is that we see with fresh eyes the hope that Jesus offers us, the world around us, and we look around for ways to offer that hope to others. Like I said, I think we're getting a glimpse of what it's like to live in other parts of the world and what it was like to live in the time that Jesus came, where people really needed a substantial hope. We have that to offer people. In Matthew, it talks about how when Jesus saw crowds of people that were lost and uncertain and needed of a shepherd, his first response was to have compassion. And his second response was to tell us to ask for more people to come tend to them. So we have a chance now to answer that call to a world that is... Um, full of uncertainty and needs people that tend to it. And then the last big question that we'll think about is kind of centered more on our, I guess, specific interactions with people, relationships with people, um, stories that we find ourselves in. So what role do we play in the stories around us and are we responding faithfully to the roles in the we play in those stories? So I want to look briefly at the story of Zacchaeus, but this could be done um, with any story where Jesus interacts with people. We will always see characters, Jesus and the person that he interacted with and the people watching. And I think we can learn from these characters different roles that we end up playing in stories and um, different ways that we can respond to where we've been placed. So in the story of Zacchaeus, we have four main characters. We have Zacchaeus. He's a rich man who made his wealth cheating other people out of their money. He was interested in seeing Jesus I don't know that he wanted to talk to Jesus. Maybe he just wanted to like see him. He had heard about this guy, wanted to get a glimpse of him. But he ended up leaving a profan profoundly changed person. Then we have Jesus who was following God and 
somehow knew that he needed to talk to Zacchaeus and knew what Zacchaeus needed to say or needed to hear and was obedient to that. Then we have this crowd that were watching Jesus. Um, I think it's reasonable to assume they had their own ideas of what Jesus should be doing. And when they saw that Jesus was going to spend time with Zacchaeus, they weren't really happy about that. And they made it known that this was not what they wanted and Jesus should be doing something else. And then lastly, we have the disciples. Now they're not explicitly mentioned in this story, but I think it's reasonable to imagine that they were there. And in my mind, I imagine that they're like following Jesus and they see what's happening and they're like whispering to themselves, like, should we be doing this? Is this okay? Are we allowed to go hang out with this guy? Um, not vocal enough that it was recorded. And I imagine that they, they continue to follow Jesus because they wanted to see like, okay, why are we doing this? Maybe we, we need to figure out what Jesus is about here. So we have these stories that play out all around us all the time at work with our coworkers, at home with our families, with our roommates, on social media with people we know, people we don't know. Who knows, social media could, anything could happen on there. Um, we don't often get to pick the role that we play in these stories. Sometimes it's given to us. Sometimes we do initiate things with people, um, but sometimes things just happen to us and we have to figure out how are we going to respond. So we need to learn to recognize the, the place that God has put us in and figure out how are we going to respond to that place. So sometimes we'll be Zacchaeus. We're going to be minding our own business and someone's going to pull us aside to correct our behavior or our view or stance on something. So when that happens, are we going to humbly accept how someone is discipling us or are we going to proudly push aside their correction? I don't need that. I'm, I'm too good for that. Sometimes we're going to see someone else with unimaginable beliefs or very difficult beliefs for us to comprehend. And we're going to watch them receive some real mercy or comfort or patience in a way that makes us very uncomfortable and that we just don't get at all. So when we see that happen, are we going to be joyful that kingdom work is happening? Are we even going to believe that real kingdom work is happening? Or are we going to question it? Are we going to be like the vocal crowd complaining about how this person doesn't deserve that measure of mercy and doesn't deserve to be talked to that way? They, they are too far gone for that. Or like the disciples, will we at least um, watch and learn and shut our mouths and see what Jesus is about? And then sometimes we get to be Jesus. We get to play that role. And uh, God is going to call us to have some pretty uncomfortable or unpopular conversations with people. So in those situations, are we going to be obedient or are we going to walk away and say, sorry, can't do that too hard. Can't say that to that person. So three big questions for us to ponder. 
each of which probably deserved more time. This is where we're at. What we're going to do now is Manny is going to transition us to small groups. We're going to spend some time reflecting on these questions and responding to them. And then we're going to come back together and respond as a church. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.